Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, to discuss all things rainy in London and all things sunny in Europe, and you know other stuff as well, is my dear friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I am good. It's Scandinavian season. I feel like we should be saying hello in Scandinavian. <laughs> I don't know. The the Scandinavian I know best is angry at me at the moment. So Oh, not... why what Scandinavian the language or Scandinavian no, no, the no, person? No, like Jens. Jens is angry at me because yesterday I tweeted because I was quite bemused. Like it's it's dear beloved listener, in case you didn't know, it's winter in Australia, and that means that yesterday I um, I tweeted my bemusement at my fellow Sydney siders who were wearing puffer jackets and scarves in Sydney winter because it was twenty one degrees. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, in Sweden the winter is a little bit different, and arguably on certain days. The 21 degrees in winter in Sydney is better than the temperature in summer in Sweden. And Jens was not happy with me. And so, yeah, Aww. that's why I'm not doing a greeting in Swedish. Um, also, okay. I don't, also, I don't speak Swedish. It was a great story. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. But no, the um, Peloton, we've been, we've been, when we last spoke to you, we were in France for La Course by La Tour de France. Mm. Since then, we've been in London for the Prudential Ride London GP, which oh, I find difficult to talk about, Dan, but they race it really well. Oh, <laughs> I'm it's, quite bored of having this conversation that goes. It's, it's a recurring theme at this part of the season, isn't it? Because you get the, the whole La Course conversation. Even this year with its variation, there were still problems with the, the second race. The chase, the chase, the thing, thing. the thing, the thing, the course thing, and and you know, and then we've got um, the Vuelta thing. I'm calling them all things now. um, Coming up in a few weeks as well. So you know, like we we it feels like we have this conversation a lot right now. Yeah. yeah, and it basically goes, oh, the course is so boring and dull. Oh, my God, yeah. it's not really a bike race. But didn't they ride it really well? It was excellent to watch. <laughs> I'm so conflicted. And that's how the conversation yeah. goes. And it's, oh, my God, I'm bored. I'm well, bored. I and guess, then, arguably, it makes us better philosophers and better fans of, of the sport overall to have deep and, you know, uh, and, and tumultuous conflicts about this sort of thing. Yeah, so um, we had London, and so mm. Lon- R- Ride London is 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 a depressing seventy kilometres, <laughs> but it's, it's a reflection it's... of the city's history, architecture, and climate. So, hmm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dan has oh. been goading me before we started talking, <laughs> so I'm... now I think he's goading me some more. I'm just pissing off all of Europe. Is what's happening? Oh my god. Oh. I mean, I know, I know, I know. You once spent three days in three days, part of three days in London, so no, no, you're no, an expert. Like, but it was, it was you know, three days, three miserable days, and then I came back for another day, and like worst decision of my life. So, Jesus yeah. Christ, <laughs> <laughs> oh, by by contrast. I... The seven days I lived in Scotland were brilliant. So. <laughs> most, most, most of the time I'm always like, oh, I wish we could podcast in person. I wish you were really here next to me. We could podcast in person. And it's really lucky for yeah. you that we're not. Exactly. So like, In the back of your brain, you're like, so I can stab you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, like, so basically it's the city centre, Kermesse, it's crit-like. And mm. I love the way, and it's got this enormous prize purse. It's the biggest prize purse of any race um, in the, in the world. It's got like a, a hundred thousand euros prize purse for this tiny race, seventy kilometers. Someone was asking me why Lizzie Danan doesn't ride it, and it's basically I'm like, well, I don't think she likes riding races that are junior length. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, and, and to be fair, that's not much of a guess when she's literally said that herself. Yes, but so, yeah. the thing that's amazing about it is that it's on live on TV and it was done in this really, really clever way. BBC do this with a lot of their sports. What they do is they'll have on the website slash the red button which is extra cha- i don't know if any other places have a red button but it's extra channels that you can have right. if you um have the right kind of television basically right. or it's also streamed online so that is aimed at experts at fans existing fans and then right. yep 
the last hour is put on BBC Two, which is you know a massive, massive mainstream free to channel. Right, so it's like a major network channel. Yeah, yeah, major, major, major network channel, and so that is aimed at people who know absolutely nothing about the sport so some people were getting a little bit riled up because when it went from um it went from the website on the website you could still watch the race except they stopped doing they stopped doing the the, the commentary for like for, for, for 10 minutes because while they were while they were switching over because it's confusing oh. <laughs> and complicated oh, right because i i thought you were gonna say while they were thawing out paul and phil um no, they don't. No, it was Rochelle Gilmore and David Miller and Ned no, Bolton. No, it was just my mistake because you said, you know, that the main one was, you know, for a, a wide audience. And so I, I just assumed that they went and got the most vanilla. No, no, no. Yeah. This is the BBC. They did it really, really well. So no, some no, people no, were a bit, I, I, so, I corrected. Yeah. So some people were a bit pissed off because if you turned on to BBC Two for the first 10 minutes of the of the last hour of the race i know that's yep. a bit confusing to say they were basically having interviews with riders and saying who's who and explaining what the world tour is and explaining what cycling is right, yeah right and then they banged in then they then they went straight into the into the rest of the height with the rest of the commentary now i think this is genius i think it's fantastic because cycling is complicated and they didn't have lizzie dane and racing there and it was you know so it wasn't like you couldn't automatically go i'm supporting the brit so I, I loved it. I really, really loved it. It was great and it was fantastic. And it was just, I, I really liked the effort that they put into trying to attract a new audience. So, yeah. um, I mean, and some it people sounds, were... Sorry, I was just going to say, it does sound like pretty much the ideal broadcast setup in that, like you say, they've had a, a um, alternate channel available for basically the whole race for the hardcore fans. Um, you know, and then actually put together a proper mass media broadcast for, you know, which for most of the time, that's all we would get, like is, is the generic Joe public last hour and, you know, and we all sort of roll our eyes and go, yeah, but that way you don't see how the race actually unfolds because you don't see the decisive break or whatever, you know, so it does sound like a really good balance in terms of, you know, best of both worlds. Yeah, and it really was so I kind of... It, but it's also a little bit weird to hear people criticising it because it's deliberately about absolutely actively trying to build the sport. Mm. So the other thing is that's really funny about it is that because it's a 60-kilometre 60 60, 60 odd, uh, very flat um, yep. power dash around um, a, a small 5.5-kilometre circuit there wasn't a decisive break either so you know the kind of oh we've missed and it was incredibly active and it was super fun to watch because it was just so like i say 10 100 euros prize pots so just for they had a couple of intermediate sprints and i don't get really i don't get intermediate sprints in a day race normally but these if you won each sprint you got um a thousand euros per sprint and for winning the overall sprint prize, you got an extra purse of three thousand euros. Yeah, which I mean, like puts you in just to give people who may not know um, a, a comparable point. Um, like, basically, if you win the overall sprint prize, you you're winning over double what the overall GC winner of the Giro Rosa gets. Yeah, and it's and it's so it's so it's quite interesting watching, and it was interesting seeing different tactics because there were some teams who very definitely bought all guns blazing sprint squads out, and there are other teams who bought right. We don't necessarily have a sprinter. We are going to attack like fury, mm-hmm. and then you had Sunweb who both had sprinters and were attacking like crazy anyway. <laughs> well, and then on top of that, and like you know my my proclivity towards you know insulting jokes. Um, aside, like it was pissing down rain, and oh, it like, was these, so bad. And this part of London is, you know, for want of a better term, like classic London. Like it's it's you know movie and telly London. It's the backdrop of of buildings and streets that that you see all the time. So I imagine they're also reasonably busy roads. So not necessarily Super busy roads. You know, like like I'm, what I'm getting at is possibly a little bit slick and slippery. So, and they have this, and the course. I mean, the course is a bit crazy because it runs. It starts on the course that was, the, you know, the, the the finish line of the Olympic. Um, the yeah, Olympic in 2012. Yeah. And they 
bang around. They bang around. Um, it's called Constitution Hill. It's not a hill. Um, they bang down Constitution Hill and back again past Green Park, which is absolutely full of this amazing cycling festival. Then they run down towards um, Parliament Square, so the houses of the houses of Parliament, Big Ben. Hang a left past Downing Street, up onto Trafalgar Square. Then they steam down the strands past Charing Cross Station, and they have this ridiculous hot dog corner that's like basically a u-turn super hard super difficult u-turn they have another one on the end of constitution hill but that's not so bad then after that you come back down to trafalgar square where you do like a um, a couple of sharp turns then you then the road narrows into um into the mall which is the road that leads down to buckingham palace from from trafalgar right. square and it's like a 350 meter something like that long flat sprint thing so they're these technical sections so basically you've got to be at the front at a kilometer to go because it's so technical and it's like it's really hairy and i was so glad there weren't crashes because it could have been you know it was just it was just the weather was it was bouncing rain it wasn't just raining it was like bouncing bouncing rain just just oh yeah let's celebrate london in summer shall we yeah (laughs) it was it was yeah so Massive and lots of attacks, lots of attacks, lots of mini breaks. None of the mini breaks get away. Um, fighting for the sprint immediate points. Um, uh, Sunweb going all out for their sprinters. We've got last year's winner, Kirsten Veld. We've got Mariana Voss. We've got um, L- Lotta Lepisto. We've got Yolin Dora, Amelie Dudickson, the world champion, uh, George Bronzini, Chloe Hosking, like the, mm. the top, some of the top names in the world of. Um, of sprinting but it's won by Corin Rivera of Sunweb wow like this and- this is turning out to be just the the most incredible season for her yes yes I mean it's not there is a rider who's had a better season I would say and that's Anna van der Brega who's yep, yep. Um, who won all three of the Ardennes and won the and won the Giro but Corin yeah. Rivera is very definitely nipping but, at know, her heels oh Karen... and and with you know multiple world tour wins in the same season and you know the largest prize Rund purse van Vlaanderen. In the yeah exactly yeah. like but i think the interesting thing for me is that rivera won this one i mean they had the absolute a you know they had their absolute a team out there it was they yep. had um ellen van dyke who is completely worth about 15 other riders at least ellen van dyke is the rider that i would sign up to my team first when I'm setting up my team, no question. Much as yep. I absolutely adore Mariana Voss, um, who'd be second. Um, yeah, you know, Lucinda <laughs> Brand. Lucinda Brand would be on my team too. Basically, my team is a Dutch national team. <laughs> I was um, gonna say, I'm sensing a theme here. And given how much you love your British riders, like, wow. <laughs> no, I, I would, I would. Oh God, I would totally have, um, I totally have Alan Van Dyke on my team. But yeah, amazing for uh, Corinne Rivera first. Lotta Lapisto second. Lisa Brenauer third. I mean, yeah. Kenya Shram, they've had this massive resurgence ever since the Giro. They, you know, yep. no, ever yep. since ever since the Ovo Energy Women's Tour, where Hannah Barnes did, you know, yeah. spectacularly. Yeah. But they've they had a terrible spring. They've had a resurgence over summer. I think all the rain helps. You know, they're Germans and British riders. You know, rain it's gorgeous. So um, Lisa Bernauer third, Mariana Voss fourth, Kirsten Veld fifth, Yoni Dora sixth, Amelie Dudrix at seventh, Roxana Fournier from FDJ eighth, Barbara Gurishi. Um, Brunauer's teammate ninth and Georgia Bronzini uh, daughter's teammate tenth yep and um, like you say that's like that's that's pretty much a who's who of, of peloton sprinters you know like it's it's, it's pretty it's, it's, it's pretty a solid field gorgeous. yeah so then there's no rest for the there's no rest for the wonderful <laughs> <laughs> because they jumped on planes and they went to Scandinavia because this next part of the this next these this next this mid couple of weeks is scandinavian they went to denmark to herning to race the european championships um did you see nettie edmondson's tweet about how much she wished that she could race that the australians could race the euros now that's the yes i'm pretty sure i did um i could be wrong but i'm i'm reasonably confident that that's the one with her and carly taylor on a water slide right yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's the race. race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shucks. It's such a pity we can't be racing Euro championships. You know, we'll just have to be find a way to entertain ourselves in sunny Girona, you know. Like. <laughs> it 
it was awesome. I really, <laughs> really, really love Nettie Edmondson's uh, social media presence. I, she's just glorious, and I don't know why she's not an Australian national heroine. She is. I mean, well, you know. Well, I guess I don't know. I I feel very out of touch with a large swathe of Australia, but that's to get. Into, we're saving that for our politics podcast. So, <laughs> God, like, I don't think even I could cope with the amounts of no, swearing that would come out with damn disgusting no. Australian politics. <laughs> like just so bad, just so bad. I oh mean, it could be worse. The only thing that makes us better, and this is for both you and me, is at least we're not American. <laughs> I, it's honestly, it's close. Like I don't know about. <laughs> I don't know about you, but like we are oh, seriously God, it's so, so close. close. It's so, so close. It's, it's, it's so just, bad. It's... it's anyway. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This brings wow. me on to the joke that everyone made, dear listener. It wasn't a funny joke. I was. It devastated me because a lot of people were going, "Huh, hang on, this is a weird thing." When we're looking down the start list, Euros have um, for years and years they were only there for juniors and from the twenty threes. But in the yep. last couple of years, they've introduced an elite European Championships. Yep. And Euros is really, really important um, at every level. Uh, it's super important for um, the. I'm, for, for, I mean, it gives us a really good idea of what's going to happen in the World Championships, Junior World Championships, because the, I mean, of, of course, there's no Australians, of course, there's no Americans, um, South Americans, etc. But there is a huge, huge good chance that the winner of the Junior World Championships is going to be is going to be european yep and it's also super important for the young riders to get to ride in their national team jersey like if you're a junior you only get two years to do this as a junior which may seem really obvious but it's a chance to see what does it feel like to pull on my national jersey and to go out and race with people i'm racing against most of the time and see how I can do, and to see how I how I shape up against the the, the you know the best of the other the best of the other European yeah. the other European countries, and it's 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 something that is is difficult for the North Americans for the for every other every other region because you know going to Oceania champs just isn't as big, going to Pan American champs just isn't as big, you know, so yeah. it's huge. So. But also the winner of the um, of the elite races gets an automatic extra spot at the world championships. Yep, which you so, know is worth competing for that alone. Yeah, and and say for example you're Dutch, just as an example, you're Dutch. Right. Yep. And you have three of the best ITT riders in the whole world in your country. Mm-hmm. And so getting to race world championships is not a given. No, no, that would be that would be somewhat challenging. Like, for example, if you were the US trying to select a time trialist for the Olympics. Oh God, know. yeah, it's it's like that. I mean, so basically, this is a huge thing. So everyone else, everyone, so there's all these people, and it's really, I'm really sorry if I was like, if I sounded jaded and I wasn't as enthusiastic or angry as you thought I was, and you asked me this question, and the question is, Sarah, why are there no British juniors? and no British elites in the women's races. Mm. And this is because the answer is, fuck, I don't know. Fuck, According, I wish I knew. I don't get it. It's as, a common... As near as we can tell, British cycling doesn't know they exist. Oh. Um, or, yeah. or even worse, even worse, British cycling thinks for the women, it's a choice between racing Euros or Worlds. And this is why our junior women, even though we've got some of the best sprinters in the world and they sent junior yes. men... They be, didn't. They didn't send junior women to Qatar. To be fair, it's a massive. It's a massive, massive journey from Manchester to Denmark. So, oh my god, you, you can know, get one flight to Copenhagen on EasyJet. I'm jet. pretty it's sure like, you can get a fucking ferry. Yeah, you, you know, can. Like, you can. I mean, not from Manchester because you'd have to at least yeah, cross well, the country. Yeah, but, that would be that would be crazy. Sure, it, yeah, like drive for an hour and a half, and you're at the coast. Exactly. And get a ferry. Exactly. Like, exactly. It's I mean, I think you have to go to Newcastle yeah. or Hull or somewhere like that, which is not far. You know, I can literally drive the distance from Manchester to Denmark and not be out of my state. Oh God! Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Fuck. It's not. It's. And, I mean, the but, thing, and it's and it's the, devastating, and I can't. I can't. I, I can't talk and about it because the every, other thing. Well, yeah, and look. I don't think there's any need to rehash it, but the point, the the other point that I would like to raise is, this is part of why Sarah and I both also get so worked up every time you hear Brian Cookson or fucking um, 
Brailsford. Brailsford or someone else go, oh no, the women's program out of British cycling is fine and we give it all the attention it warrants. It's like, remember this. Every time one of those pricks says something like that, remember that they don't bother to send teams to Euros and Worlds. Like, like, fuck. Just and it's fuck. and it's just it's it's a flat sprinty course mm-hmm. and in our country we've got Lizzie Danan okay well maybe Lizzie Danan didn't want to ride it well it's not like Hannah Barnes has just won a won a, won a Giro stage against the best sprinters in the world is it oh hang on wait anyway so I'm a little bit so we did we did send a team to the under twenty three women's road race because the British British cycling do support Alice Barnes right but. They didn't send, but they didn't send any juniors. They didn't send any elites, and it's just, it's just devastating to me. I can't, I can't even, I can't even. So let's just take that as background. So European Championships, we start with the ITTs, and yep. I love watching the juniors. The juniors was one, and you remember the junior, the junior Italians in the Qatar World Championships? Yeah, yeah. They look like they're going to start out that way because Elena Elena Pironi won the ITT with her t- Italian teammate Letizia Paternoster in second with um, Emma Norsgaard in third. Um, Emma nice. Norsgaard is fantastic, awesome Danish rider. I met her at the Healthy Junior Healthy Aging Tour and she's hilarious. She's really funny. <laughs> and she's really like, she's just like that. She's just like this tall, blonde, Scandinavian Viking type with a really huge, really great sense of humour. That's a pile of shit. I rode like shit today. Oh, ah. <laughs> She's just great. I really like her. Um, so, yeah, so watch out for her. So that was um, lots and lots and lots of riders. Nine riders within one minute finish of Elena Peroni. But, wow. yeah. Cool. It was. Um, and then if you want to, like, going down to two minutes. And, yeah, only 20, 20 riders in total, 18 kilometers time trial. But, yeah, it was it was some some fun racing there. The Italians started off winning. The under twenty three world race race. Well, the Danes they're on home soil. Won the ITT won by Pernilla Mattiason, who won the Junior Healthy Aging Tour when it was Energy Wachter two years ago, with Cecilia right. Utrop Ludwig in second and Lisa Klein, German in third, Clara Koppenberg in fourth. Severine Erode, who is a first year pro, I believe, in fifth. Uh yeah, awesome awesome racing uh Penilla Mattison is just a fantastic rider um we may hear about her again but the elites mm-hmm. the elite ITT yep. just um really 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 surprising okay the winner wasn't surprising intrigued. the winner wasn't surprising it was won by Ellen van Dyke yep that is not at all surprising so Colour me yeah. unsurprised. Well, no, yes. it is it is surprising because you look at it and you go, well, what what? Because second second was Anne Sophie Doik of Belgium, and third was Anna van der Breger. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Right. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So the podium was definitely surprising. Winner yeah, and, so, yeah, winner not as surprising, but overall yeah. that was Well, yeah. and it's really nice to see Ellen Van Dyke back on top because she hasn't yeah. been having the best ITTs in the world and I I really liked I really liked see, I really liked seeing it. Um yeah. I have no yeah. idea what I didn't I didn't watch it live, so I'm sorry if there's something obvious that I should have known, but for example, um so fifth, fourth was fourth was Lucinda Brand, fifth was Martina Ritter. Uh, sixth was Eugenia Bujak, seventh Cassia Pawlowska, eighth Olga Zabalinskaya, and you go right down to get some more. Um, Elisa Longo-Borghini, I think she must have had a puncture or a mechanical or a crash because she was 18th. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, must have. So, yeah. And also, they didn't put in uh, Annemiek van Vleuten. And this is a shame because I really want to see. So, so far, when we look at them, they've, they've, only, they've only really ITT'd against each other once in a kind of proper no-holds-barred setting. And that was the Nationals, which Annemiek van Vleuten won. Now, Ellen van Dijk gets an automatic spot at Worlds, which means Anna van der Breger and Annemiek van Vleuten will be there. I genuinely think we might see an all-Dutch podium at Worlds. Okay, yeah. Yep. Which way up? Mm. That's going to be, be an interesting exciting. one. Yeah, yeah. So, road races. Flat, 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 rainy. Yep. I, juniors, 
won by Lorena Wiebes of the Netherlands. Now, Lorena Wiebes has won so much this season. She's just this amazing superstar. I've heard that she signs to a Dutch team already. Uh, she rides for Swabo Ladies, um, but she signed. I've heard she signed to a big Dutch team. But she's right. won. Um, she won the basically she won the Junior Nations Cup, and is just this amazing sprinter definitely the right. talent to watch out for emma norsgaard in second uh for some danish pride on uh, home soil letizia patanotza third and Mar- uh, martina fidanza a fourth in from italy clara yep. lundmark the young swede in fifth uh maver palette peintre in from france in sixth um yeah just fantastic really good cool. really good strong dutch Oh, look, it's a sprint and the Dutch have won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, colour me surprised that a Dutchie wins on a mm. on a flat, rainy technical course. Like I know, yeah. it's it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would actually, you know, I mean, Lorena Weavers, although she's a sprinter, she absolutely has to be a... Um, a, uh, a, a star, a, a one to watch out for in the... Um, in the in the in in the world like i mean all yep. the young dutch are amazing like they're just they're just they're just supersonic and fantastic and i, I really love watching the young dutch riders because the netherlands is but then you've had this really interesting thing where the netherlands and italy are both very 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 good at um developing junior um junior talent yeah yeah but they're not particularly good at developing at, at then. The, the Italy aren't very good at like them then taking this step up, whereas the Netherlands are pretty damn fantastic at it. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's going to be interesting. But yeah, it's definitely you have to kind of keep Lorena Weber's as your uh, as as your rider to be yeah to, yeah to watch. Um, she won the Trofeo Alfreda Binder the Trofeo da Morena, which means she can get over hills. Um, she won the general classification of the Healthy Aging Tour, which was super hard sprinting. Um, yeah, and she was set, she was on the podium with Amber van den Hulst, who's an amazing junior as well, at the Omelette van Borselet. But world is hilly. So, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. I'm really yeah. excited. Let's watch the juniors. Hurrah. Okay, so first one, bunch sprint. Cool. Yep. Second race, under 23s. Now, tons of under 23 talent, tons of amazing under 23 talent. Riders like Fletcher Mackay um, are still under 23. As we said, Alice Barnes. Um, yep. Emily Diedrichsen, who's under 23, she's only 21, chose not to ride in the under 23s. She chose to ride in the elites because the riders elite, can yeah. do that. Now. Well, I guess when you're wearing the current world champions jersey, you kind of, yeah, want to ride the elites. Mm-hmm. It looks like it was going to be a bunch sprint. Yep. And then in a surprise late attack, Pernille Mattison, who'd won the ITT, attacked out of the bunch like a lunatic. And yep. won by six seconds. Wow. Like, that's... So good! That's such a... I mean, you know, clearly it was a very smart move at the time, but, like, that's amazing to... And, and you know, you know that it's going to have to have been, like, a very um, surprising attack to get away with it. And um, completely not the rider you'd expect to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Um, she's... But she's riding there with um, her with her teammate. Um, 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 oh God, I've just completely forgotten her name. Uh, Cecilia Utrecht Ludwig, who yep, is yep. Uh, fantastic. I mean, they did tons of attacking in this race. They were they were bonkers. They were fun. But they were totally, you know. But you would you totally put Cecilia Utrecht as your yeah, that's your pick. Yeah, because she just had this incredibly super strong season. But yeah, it was just so so much fun like mm. just 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 you know when you're just sitting there going oh my god that's yeah. amazing and so we're on home soil and yeah. i am especially happy <coughs> excuse me i'm going to die <laughs> of ha- going to die of happiness yeah so. dan you're gonna have to talk while i mute myself <laughs> 
<laughs> while Sarah's while Sarah's dying of happiness. Um, I think I know what she was getting at though. It's that thing of you know when you see a result that is I don't know not entirely expected. Like what what you get out of it is just this great little thrill of you know, and especially when it's juniors and under twenty three riders because these are races that are a great opportunity to see who's going to be you know, a rider to keep an eye on as they progress into the elite ranks more fully. And so it is always exciting to see someone get their big win in. Yeah, um, and especially, I'm Matthias, and she's only a second-year pro. She rides for um, Velo Concept, uh, and she, like I said, she won the junior, um, the junior Enishiwaka Tour, the junior health aging tour two years ago, which is a really good indication. But what I really like, I think is interesting is that this is in Denmark. She's Danish. And of course, mm. the Danes have hired Catalin uh, Marcel, the first yeah. ever junior world champion for women on the road race. And, you know, by not really surprisingly, the first rider who became both junior and elite road, world road champion. I really like Kat Marcel. She is such mm. a, a fantastic person. You should follow her Twitter. I interviewed her back in March if you want to know more about her. But Kat, Kat is fantastic i was gonna say yeah that interview is great because it gives so much um insight too as you say into the very deliberate way that danish cycling have gone about you know cultivating their the young elite women riders and and you know building out the strength that we're now seeing turn up on the road it's very very cool yeah um second another scandinavian Susanna anderson of um of of norway third Alice Barnes, British, fourth, Rachele Barbieri of Italy, fifth, Lisa Klein of Germany, sixth, Juliette Leboux. Cool. No Dutch. Uh, d- the highest placed Dutch was Fletcher Mackay in ninth, which is super surprising. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, is that just representative of, of fewer Dutch riders in the under-23s? Like, you know, they've got that kind of you know spread of ages going where they had riders in the juniors and riders in the elites and and not enough riders in the under 23s race or i don't i don't know i mean because you look at the riders so who are their riders obviously flushy mckay is fantastic yeah yeah uh, but they got Yip van den Bos, who's been doing fantastically yeah. at um, Bors Dolmans. But I think they might be a little bit young. I think there might be this little weird gap. Yeah, so yeah. Got, so Yip van den Bos, let's check out how old how old Yip is. She is a third year pro. Okay. She's born in 1996. Oh my god, Dan. They're all so young. They're fucking I know. children. I know. Uh, who else have they got? They've got Demi de Jong in the team. Um, they've got. Uh, um, Nina Boisman of yeah, they just don't they don't have that kind of standout name of apart from Felicia McKay, mm. uh, Jean yeah. Corova who writes for WM3. Uh, I they don't have like that standout yeah, so it's three not... in the same ways. And Caroline Swinkles, Swinkles, who's a very yeah. young writer, I think she's a first year pro. If yeah, first year pro. And, and yeah, not to take anything away, they're very good writers. It's just you know it, you get what I mean. Like it just yeah. it, it's not as comprehensive um or cohesive a squad as we've got at those other levels it's yeah and it is a weird bubble in the in the story of of dutch women's cycling but you know interesting yeah very interesting so then mm. we come to the elite race yeah now <laughs> if the dutch didn't have the strongest team in under 23s <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, look, it was under 23, so no one's going to believe they didn't have the strongest team literally everywhere else. So. Oh, my God. I just, I can't even talk about the Dutch team in the, in the, in the, in the road race because it is just, I... okay. Well, the problem is you nine run out riders, of superlatives. Nine riders, yeah. okay. Let's start at the top. No, let's do it in alphabetical order. Chantal Black, Lucinda yep. Brand. Yana Karensing, <laughs> Roxana Kleitman, Amy Peters. Then we yeah. get, oh, well, you know, we're running out of alphabet letters now, aren't we? Yes, yeah, yeah. one of those letters is V. Anna van der Breggen, <laughs> Ellen van Dyke, Mariana <laughs> Voss, and Kirsten Field. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't even be called the Dutch national team. They should just be called the GTFO squad because... Like everyone else might as just well get the fuck out of it. Like it's just that's there's there's a stacked team and then there's that. 
that's it's just insane like yeah. and that's not even they haven't even got Annemiek van Vleuten there like uh, you just uh, and I'm sure you can make an excuse like, for like, there's no I mean yeah. god damn it oh, <laughs> I, I mean like uh, yeah I, I mean I'm losing words like like when you can afford to leave Annemiek behind that tells you something about your team doesn't it like wow so um, so then it was really surprising when the Dutch lost, obviously. <laughs> well, guess what? With a team like that, what, I mean, of course, with a team like that, there's, there's, two, there's two ways you could play it. Yeah, well, you One can... It would be you just basically chase down every single person who starts and who tries to attack right away defensive race and wait, wait. Shall we just basically wait for a bunch of sprint? Because, you know, we've got some of the best sprinters in the world there. Do you, do you think, do you think well, that's what the Dutch did? The Dutch are notorious for their conservative style of racing and and sitting in and and making questionable tactical decisions. Absolutely, and and for certainly leaving things to the last minute to be decided. That is quote unquote the Dutch way. So you know, that, yeah, that's very it, plausible. That's that, that's what happens in opposite world. <laughs> if we were if we were trapped in the bizarro universe, yeah. In the bizarre universe, that's what would happen. But yeah. no, what the Dutch no, did um, was the Dutch love to absolute lunatics. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Dutch love to attack like drunk pirates. So you know, like, I mean, yeah. You look at the picture. There's a picture on Alan's cycling tips of this nine rider setup, and you just laugh because it's just preposterous. It's just insane, and every single Dutch rider just attacked they there was attacks it was rainy it was windy that's not going to play into the dutch hands is it no, um, attacked no. literally straight from the gun then they decided to do some echelons <laughs> of course they did i mean yeah they're not happy i actually think there's a law in the netherlands that you can't actually call it a bike race unless there's an echelon <laughs> well you know sometimes it's not their fault you can't echelon when there's no wind they try yeah, but that's the thing. They still try. As long as the formation's done at least once, it's okay. But So, like... basically, every single Dutch rider attacks like a crazy mm. woman. There were echelons, the peloton broke and came back together again. It was one of those things where the it, absolutely classic Dutch star racing, where the course looks quite dull, but, yep. they, um, but, they, but, but, but they just ride it like complete lunatics. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a sprinter course. You know what the european sprinters like you know that we've got riders like yoling dora you know we've got all the italian super sprinters yep so bonkers attacks um everyone attacked like literally everyone attacked and um the 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 the, everyone's going sometimes the dutch didn't like the decide sometimes the dutch didn't like the attacks but they um but yeah, they 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 chased him down. But basically, it was lunacy. Then yeah. let's say we're about thirty kilometers to go. Okay. Anne de Breger and her teammate Chantal Balak and Olga Zabalinskaya attack consecutively, one after the other. But Zabalinskaya creates a lead group. So Zabalinskaya gets away. She's got Elisa Longo Borghini and Georgia Bronzini from Italy, Sheila Gutierrez Ruiz from Spain, Charlotte Becker from Germany, Cassia Paulaska from Poland, and one Dutch rider, Mariana Voss. Shit. <laughs> I mean, like, there's when you look at the squad, there really isn't a good Dutch rider to take with you. But like, but there, there's a couple that are badder than the others, <laughs> and and that's like she's the baddest of them all. And I mean I that in a good way. I in the good way. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you end up in the wow. windy section. Sheila Gutierrez gets dropped. 15, so 15k to go. There's six riders with a 46 second gap. They're all taking the toe. They've got 40 seconds at 10k. Will they manage to get it? Right. And it's Four. at this point that I'm reminded of the thing that you said a, a couple of um, episodes ago because we were talking about um, Wiggle and. Um, you know, some of their foibles, and one of which is Elisa Longo-Borghini sometimes works when she shouldn't. Well, I think she was all right this time because she had her teammate, Georgia Bronzini, there because Georgia Bronzini is an amazing road captain, and mm. Georgia Bronzini wants to go to a sprint, and she wants to go to a sprint against Mariana Voss. They've been rivals of old on both the track uh, when they were both road points back in the day, and 
on the road in you know and, and road races so they hit six riders 5k to go Kasia Palowska crashes yep. and Charlotte Becker is dropped because I think she's in that crash there. so you've got she just held up Bronzini, now, so it's... Yeah, Bronzini and Longo Borghini Mariana Voss and Olga Zabalinskaya at this point everyone is saying anyone but Zabalinskaya yeah so. yeah like that's because I, I was watching some of the tweets um, while the race was on but I was I was away um irrelevant but yeah so i'm watching a little bit on twitter and i saw that and i'm like oh no just no please well no. especially when she attacked at one kilometer to go oh no please no please no voss and bronzini gets into her wheel longo borghini yeah. gets dropped ouch 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 but Zablin as Gaia you say bronzini's still on. there so Zablin Sky she kicked on. again no, no, no! I've got my hands. I'm, I'm in the prayer position. Please, please, gods of cycling, no, please, no. No, but Voss and Bronzini mm. decide they're gonna go yeah. against each other. Voss starts yeah. first. Bronzini's behind her. Bronzini has done yeah. no work in this last part of the group. <laughs> That's been um, Anissa Longo Longo's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Voss hits it. Voss versus Bronzini, neck yeah. and neck, right yeah. to each other, right to the line. Mariana yeah. Voss wins. Georgia Bronzini second, <sighs> and Olga Zalbinskaya third, two seconds behind. The wow. bunch is only 15 seconds behind, so Roxana Fournier is fourth, Amelie Dudrickson is fifth, Yoni uh, Dora sixth, Kirsten Veld, another Duchy, seventh, Lotta Lapista eighth, Maria Giulia Confandonieri of Italy ninth, and Emilia Fourline, the Swedish rider, in tenth. Cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That sounds that sounds like a pretty exciting race. It was a pretty exciting race. You know yeah. that the European Championships for Elite Women has only been there for one year before this. Yeah. Marianne Voss has never won this jersey before. She was only under twenty three uh-huh. European champion twice. She was <laughs> And there's this and there's this gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous finishing line photos of Marianne Voss looking absolutely thrilled and delighted and ecstatic to win Georgia well, Bronzini a bit she's... gutted to come seconds yeah yeah I mean I totally feel for Georgia particularly because it's her second last season um, <laughs> honestly but... at this point I'm assuming that Georgia Bronzini will never retire but yes it's her second yeah. last season ever yeah yeah um but you know also Voss is like playing the pokemon version of collecting women's cycling jerseys you know got to get them all got to catch them all i mean um, yeah wow they were i think i think bronzini bronzini i'm i'm Voss knows that bronzini is very very hard to be and um, they've, they've yeah. gone neck and neck in sprints for, I mean, do you remember that amazing one in the Giro a couple of years yeah. ago, 2013, where Mariana Voss hit the hit a like little manhole cover. Yeah, and, well, and, and her ba- and, and her bike just and it was amazing. Yeah. And she basically used some kind of special arcane Dutch witchcraft or something to not come down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Mariana Voss, it's been a bit weird seeing her wear her team jersey all the way through the year. Yeah. Little, but little now, unusual, but yeah. But now she's not. Um, yeah, so in the elite women, the Dutch basically slaughtered everyone. I mean, uh, they had to with that team. It would have been hilarious if they hadn't. But, mm, but yeah, mm. the Dutch, the Dutch won. <sighs> so nice. Um, well, the Dutch and and we the fans won. Yes. Yes, and I mean, you know, I said this. We said this before, but it is so good to see Mariana Voss back on top. Obviously, she yeah. has had a really difficult time. She had a really frustrating spring. She absolutely wanted to go out and get some spring classics. She didn't. She yeah. had a terrible spring. Um, she then looked like she was coming back onto form. She won a stage at the Ovo Energy. No, she came second in the stage in the Ovo Energy Women's Tour. Yeah. She's fantastic. She broke her collarbone. Crash. Yeah, broke her collarbone. The Ugh. next race back that she came back to was the Benet Ladies Tour, which she won. She's just, it's so good to see Mariana in a top, top, top of her yeah. form, racing beautifully. 
yeah just generally looking fantastic and and i really like mariana voss as a person you know i think she's she's very very important for the sport she works her heart out of it out out mm. out the sport and yeah i yeah and on on and off the bike i mean this is this is the boss who as you say she's had a really rough two years but you know even when she's been recovering from things or whatever would be down at like her local cross race you know volunteering and helping out or just you know showing up at events to meet and greet people and show her support and stuff like she does so much work on behalf of the sport on and off the bike um you know instrumental and even you know things like the women's commission for the uci and stuff like that like you know her contribution is is significant yeah she runs her own team she uh, yeah anyway so mariana voss mariana voss in the european elite road race champions jersey uh, Ellen Van Dyke in the um, ITT Champions jersey. Yeah, uh, wow. We also had over in um, over in uh, Central America, we had the Vuelta Femenina a Costa Rica, which mm-hmm. was won in ridiculous form by Alena Sierra Canyadia, also one of those riders who's had a fantastic year, the rider yeah. from Cuba. Um, she won the prologue, stage one, stage three, and the general classification. Right, so basically she got a, took the race by the scruff of the neck and never let go. Yeah, she didn't win stages two and four, but you know, yeah. um, she but, didn't need to. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the sharing nature of her Cuban spirit coming yes. out. That's yes. Uh, mm. Racing for Astana, Astana. So yes, um, they that's our racing this week. But cool. we are not just racing, are we? Well, look, there's so much going on. One of the things that jumped out at me in the in the time since we last spoke is, you know, it, it, I guess we're getting ready to start, like, the first round of, like, transfer rumours and stuff, aren't we? No, it's not even transfer rumours because the men have got a limit, a, a limit on a, a, a specific transfer window that they're not allowed to make announcements and do things like mm. that within the... Tra- I think it's until the 1st of October. The women don't have this, and this is why we've seen the first announcement, the first big announcement for next year's transfers, next year's team. And that is, I'm a bit surprised by this because this is not the rumour I've been hearing for months, but this is why I love rumours. I love the transfer season. I love the fact that half the rumours <laughs> are total bullshit. There's one rider, there's one young rider who so far, I think I she's going to four or five different teams. Like people yeah, are yeah. absolutely hands on heart that she's definitely going to this team and she's definitely going to that team. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah she can't ride in all of them. Yeah, there are rules about that and stuff. But yes, yes. interesting. Anyway, but as you what's say, what's our first big announcement? Well, and and this is you know well beyond rumor. So Kashinua Doma is moving on from WM3 to join Canyon SRAM next year. Now, I had heard people swear up and down that she was going to balls. And I really didn't like the idea of Cassie and Yodoma going to balls just because no. I don't really see the point of having Anna van... And, well, I can see the point of it, obviously, of having Anna van der Begger, yeah. Megan Guarnier and Cassie and Yodoma all in the same team. I didn't like that idea. But yeah, I really... I, look, I, I can see why people would say it. But yeah, I tend to agree. Like, it just doesn't... It just doesn't feel like a good fit to me to to do that so you know like canyon sram actually makes a huge amount of sense to me after i got over the initial surprise i am really happy about it because i mean canyon sram like we said they've struggled this season in the spring mm. but they've also had a problem without not really having a climber because they're climbers alina Amielus, alina amielusic has broken her um pelvis i think or something yeah. that had a really horrible accident and i really feel for alina i hope she's i hope she's healing healing well and paulina fran has not really been 100 percent giving herself to racing road or at all i think i mean she did come um she was just in the uci mountain bike world cup in monster tan and she had her best result of the season when she turned up on the podium with um yana bella moina uh on uh, first, Pauline Franfavo second, and Catherine Pendrell of Canada in the third. But so that's you know so that's Pauline Franfavo's best result of the mm. year. But mm. it's you know Pauline obviously she's got some deal going on with Canyon Shram that she doesn't have to ride things if she's not feeling it. And I don't blame her after her completely devastatingly bad 
2016, you know, from yeah. going from wanting to contest both the mountain bike and the road race in the Olympics to basically having medical disaster on medical disaster. Yeah. But yeah, it was a, it was a hell year, and you yeah. know, um, she was very honest about that at the end of last year, and and how she almost walked away from riding altogether. Yeah. So. Cassie Neodoma at Canyon Shram. Now, of course, she says that Canyon Shram was the only team she wanted to go to. She said she wants to go to a strong team. I am gutted for WM3, you know? Yeah, I, but... I am I am gutted for WM3, but for the the thing that we were literally just talking about, that, that Mariana is back and back in great form. And I, you know, I just, I, I, I see the loss for them, but I also have a sense that they're going to be, they're going to be fine. They're going to be okay. Well, also the thing about Kat, the thing that WM3 have done really interestingly is help riders develop yes. and step up and get better. And Cassie Neodome is one of those who she's really developed from Rabo Live to, I mean, obviously she's a genius rider, but yeah, yeah she said that it's the only, she wants to ride with a strong team. I think she's suffered a little bit this year. She was part of, Rabo Liv's absolute super team, but she was a super yeah. domestique in, in Rabo Liv. In W yeah. three, she hasn't really had any that much support. And Mariana Voss said uh, the team owner said that Cassia was basically won the Ovo Women's Tour single handed. Yeah, yeah. And I, look, for me, I think that's really what happened with her with WM three is essentially I think you know she was a developing rider at Rabo and she was you know as you say clearly an outstanding rider but I think um her responsibilities going from super domestique to basically being you know the the anchor rider for most of the season in most races for WM3 well, they say... was was a bit too far and a bit too fast if you know what I mean like I well, feel like she needed a bit more know. time I don't know. I think. I mean. I think her skills were there. I think her skills are there, but it's it's the it's the. I think it's the thing of you know. I mean, because she is still quite young, and having a serious leadership role, you know, I kind of feel like she did just need one or two more experienced riders around her, whether they're in a support role or whether, you know. And this was the quote that stood out for me from Kasia was, um, she said, "I'm happy that I'll be able to ride races in support of other riders, not just waiting for the final." Um, you know, and so I do think that's her sort of saying that she wants to spread that leadership around a little bit as well, because, you know, not, she's not going to be suited to every race and, and she doesn't want to have to feel like she's got to be the, the person for every race. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, I think with WM3 had Voss been on top form all season, it would have been different. Because... Oh, I think we saw that, you know, in the early stages of the Ovo Women's oh, Tour. God. I yeah, think if beautiful. Voss hadn't broken a collarbone, the two of them would have torn that race apart. And I think would have shaken up the Giro Rosa phenomenally as well. Oh, God, yes. I mean, Voss and Voss and Neodoma. Voss and Neodoma both on form of the Giro this the Giro year. Rosa. Oh, my God. I mean, the Giro this year was such a perfect Voss course because it didn't have mm. those brutal mountains. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, I mean, oh. I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure Voss would have done well on the ITT, mind you, but yeah, no, the pressure. But, but then two, two, three stages with big descents making huge impacts in the race. Like it was, like you say, it was it was Voss candy. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the the stage that I said was the Lucinda Brand stage of, that yeah. she that she won, of course, was the Lucinda Brand stage. But even more than that, it was the Mar- oh, could you imagine Mariana yeah. Voss and Lucinda Brand on that stage together? It would have been oh, glorious. But, oh, but that's the thing. That's bike racing. Is, like, imagine, imagine the one-two punch of of Voss and Uadoma trading, you know, oh, you attack and then they'll pull it back and then I'll attack and then, you know, and like just that's laughing their way through the whole best. thing. I mean, that's... It would, been, that's... it would have been stunning. It just would have been, a, you know, a completely different thing. So I do get it. Um, but maybe know, we'll and... have that with Paulina. Maybe we'll have that with Pauline, and with Pauline Fran Prevost and, and, I, and I honestly, I reckon that's a real chance and particularly because they've raced together before. So And they like each know, other. Yeah, yeah. And they're, you know, they're close in age. And I think that does help, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so we we approve. Um, I have, I know for a fact that every team was after Cassie and Uadoma. Like pretty much every team was. Yeah. She had so many offers. She was under contract last year and, you know, Mariana's team wasn't letting her out of her contract. <laughs> no, well... You wouldn't. No, like, no, no, no. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and you know, fair, and and fair enough. Um. So yeah, what other things do we know? I heard the rumor that's everywhere that Yolene Dora is leaving Wiggle High Five, but we don't know where she's going. Right. Yeah. Interesting. 
I heard a rumor. There was a the secret pro says there's a new big team next year, but I don't think that that's true. I wouldn't. I have heard rumors of an existing team getting a massive financial makeover. Yeah, now I've heard something similar to that, and I have a feeling that's what the secret pro is referring to. Is that it's, which I, I can yeah, understand because the if... secret pro actually is. I mean, the secret pro. There are some rumors in there that I. That, yeah, that I mean, aren't the necessarily. Pro, I'm not necessarily sure they're as. Um... Yeah, they're not necessarily as as um, solidified rumors or tangible rumors as some others. Yeah, I mean they're not. Like, I don't. I don't. They're not. They're yeah. not like. There are some. There are some sources that some I absolutely nailed on cast iron. I believe you completely. Sources yeah. and and then, and then, not. then there's and then there's some that are just like mm, yeah. But on that particular one, if it's the team that I think it is, and it's the news that I think it is, I understand why they would cast it as you know a big new team entering because it will change the structure of the existing you team quite such a bit. A tease. I know. I'm good at it, aren't I? There are people out there just like wanting to murder you right now. Yeah. What are you talking about, Daniel? Yeah, the Swedes, the Brits, and anyone who cares about rumours. So, you know, it's a list. <laughs> are you saying that you're basically the the opposite? Oh, by the way, I forgot, to, I forgot to say earlier, but um, after our 21 degree wintry day yesterday, it was 23 today. <sighs> So, um, Yonin Dora apparently leaving Wiggle High Five. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Now, if you mm. want, if you like me, adore cycling rumors because you know I love my cycling rumors. Um, I recommend going to Cycling Fever who collate a transfer list yep. and. It's on the first page of Cycling Fever. Go there because they've got um, people. They haven't got many up there because they're uh, they're they're basically people who they've got confirmed. Like so, Chloe Hosking stays at Ali Cipollini. Yannicka Ensing stays at Yannicka uh, Ali Cipollini. Susanna Anderson stays at um, High Tech. Claudia Lichtenberg Hauschler retires. Um, yep. Cassian Yordoma moving. Um, Emma Norsgaard uh, of the of the um of, of danish cycling junior famous being signed to cervello bigler okay cool and corin rivera's got an extension forever as far as i can tell she's got yeah. like yeah basically she's for, she's to sign at sunweb for life yeah um well i think i think i, I could be wrong because it is rumors but um i think she's actually signed and should she ever have children they're also signed for life so. no, not, not even should she have children her genetic matter as part of the yeah, yeah exactly um, she passes on a dna sample for future cloning and, now yeah dear listener i hmm. know you like live women's racing yes yes i do a lot like a lot like a real lot like a lot so lot. we have the open to sweat for gorda the it yes. time trial is tomorrow mm. the road race is on sunday and it's live yep then we have the ladies tour of norway which is mm. live yes and then we have the gp de Plue in a couple of weeks time which is live awesome. awesome all i can say is get your calendars clear dear listener <laughs> yep. because it is going to be <laughs> like, spectacular like break off your engagements cancel your weddings deny your access to your friends pretend to your parents that you've died because you are going to be watching live women cycling all the time from here through the worlds yeah basically basically you are and it's so exciting we love scandinavia we love the addition of the gravel in the open to sweat for gorda um mm. i love the tour of norway oh god i went um lovely carl lima took me a couple of years ago there with, to, with his team uh high tech yeah. products and i hung out in norway and it is stunning the race is organized by um uh emilia muberg's uh family <laughs> And yep. cycling club, um, and sadly, it's not the Amelia Muberg international, uh, you know, <laughs> invitational, that, invitational. Because yeah. I really enjoy that too. But you know, they they yeah. they're yeah. fair, they're fair. I mean, Scandinavians, they're fair. Yeah, I know they're so equitable. It's annoying, but um, you know, it's it's also glorious, and it is also this year really, um, you know, similar to Euros. Um, significant just in terms of um, riders will be looking to take full advantage of being in the region uh, because once you're at the Tour of Norway, for example, it's not that hard to jump over to Bergen and check out the world circuit. So. Oh, now, do you know what else you have to get used to if you're racing in Norway? Um, moose on the road? I don't know. What Rain. are you talking about? 
rain oh rain. right right yeah. lots of rain right. trench foot and your kit never dry <laughs> and everything slightly smelling of damp um and, <laughs> and everything being beautiful um if you're going to the ladies tour of norway check out the buffet because that breakfast buffet is absolutely <laughs> incredible they've got every kind of cheese you could ever imagine like 16 types of bread they've got like oh god it's stunning stunning the best oh, breakfast we've, buffet i've ever seen in my life you have to go to norway and just oh to have god. breakfast we've turned into the breakfast cheese podcast <laughs> breakfast cheese podcast um thank you for listening. dear listener go to our site prowomencycling.com and i'll tell you sometime how to watch the ladies the open to sweat i'll tell you how to watch the ladies tour of norway um yeah uh yeah. thank you for listening do keep it do keep an eye on the feeds tomorrow because the ttt is a great precursor to the world TTT, uh, it's not live that many of them it's yeah but live. keep an eye on keep an eye on twitter and stuff um and news and things and yes if you would like to talk to sarah on twitter she is at pw cycling i am at dan w official and we love you bye <laughs>